All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the week two Preds episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week, we're going to review what happened in week one. We're going to predict what's going to happen in week two. And it's only myself and T-Press on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little worried for the guys because I'm, I think we're going to cr- really crush this. And it's going to be a question of, do, do we need them? <laughs> That's dangerous. We're getting into dangerous territory. No, we love it. The boys, the boys are busy this week, so we're holding it down. We're gonna give you all the all the the stats, information, and and yes. key preds for the upcoming week, and uh, we're gonna have a good time. So there's nothing really else to say other than just get into it. First, we're gonna run through week one, talk about what the biggest storylines uh, from every game was, what we took away, uh, and then uh, we're gonna roll from there. So kicking us off, recapping. The first game of the 2022 CFL season, Montreal at Calgary. Tyler Press, what do you got? Uh, great first game to start the year. Uh, we were talking about it. Last year, the first game of the season was an absolute slop fest. Oof. Field goals galore. Nobody could complete a, a pass more than four yards. Just it, Nobody was running the ball particularly well. And it was, it was very clear that the COVID rust was going to be really bad. And it was for a few weeks. It really Last season was a slog at points, and especially in the beginning. Uh, thankfully, we have returned to competent, high-scoring CFL football. And the first game was a great indicator that I think, if, of, if it's an indicator of how the season is going to be, it, we should all be very excited. We're all in a, for a real treat. Uh, Calgary, uh, I think the big storyline for me here is Bo Levi going out and Jake Mayer leading uh, Calgary and finishing off the comeback against Montreal. Montreal with a monster 24 points in the first half and also two big injuries, two big, which is unfortunate in the first game. The Willie Stanback injury um, kind of marred the first half, what was otherwise an entertaining first ha- uh, 24 to 14 first half with Montreal hopping out in front, but yeah, that injury to stand back did not look good. Um, no, and he is on a six-game injured list. Uh, it's going to go beyond that, I think, if we're all being yes. But they said ourselves. they could get him back before the end of the season, so let's just kind of Yeah, I see a Shaq Evans. I, I see a Shaq Evans situation, though, like last year, where he got he was hurt, and they kept saying, well, he could make it back for the playoffs, and that was sort of – and then he tried to come yes. back for the playoffs, and it didn't work. So uh, yeah. Willie Stanback is one of the best – three or four offensive players in the league. So it really is a, a, a massive loss for the league if he if he misses the whole season. So uh, we're wishing Willie Stanback uh, the best. Uh, to me, this was a matchup of the two best running backs. Kadeem Carey, I think, uh, well, maybe not with the yardage, but in just in terms of the, 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 the runs that he made, looked great. Two touchdowns. Uh, looks every bit the guy uh, that we expected him to be. Um, Vernon Adams is junior is still Vernon Adams junior. Uh, he looks it looks great one play and looks looks like lost the next. Uh, Gina Lewis another monster game four catches for 112 yards. I mean the guy is just he I think he, he's pretty funny on Twitter because he doesn't really talk about when the team does bad he only talks about how great he was which is it's such confidence. a it is such a mood. I don't even. I I don't know if his teammates like that or or if they're just like it rubs them the wrong way. But who cares? He's he's putting he's up the numbers to freaking to, Gino to, Lewis, man. Yeah, he's putting up the numbers to back it up. Um, uh, Jake Mayer stepped in, uh, led Calgary and finished the comeback. Uh, Bo is in a walking boot as of now, but he did. No, no, practice, no. He's out of the walking boot. But he did have a walking boot. He to practice today, so it looks yes. like he he might be ready. But uh, and to I be was fair. thinking. Yeah. I knew you would go this way. I knew Jake Mayer would be who you'd hang your hat on because you've been pushing for him to dethrone Bo for, you know, however many weeks g- going into last year. But I Bo did tie shit. the game, to be fair. He did, he, he Bo did. led he, them level. Uh, Calgary's defense played great in the second half. They only gave yes. him three points. After that 24, I, 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 I thought in the first half I was sort of, it's the first half of the first game, so you t- but you're still going to be blow everything out of proportion. And I thought to myself, well, Calgary's got an offense, but man, if the defense plays like this, it's not going to matter. It's, it, can't, it can't be this bad at defense. And in the second half, they absolutely shut me up because they, they were shut down. They made big plays. VA, again, with the interceptions, I think, and that's just going to be a storyline. It was a storyline last year. It's going to be a storyline this he year. He has I think to get more accurate. Montreal can only go as far as he 
can clean up the mistakes because yes. he 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 cleans up the mistakes and just makes those interceptions you know incompletes they they win this game those interceptions let Calgary back in the in a game in which they didn't they didn't look up up for it um, in yeah, the first in half. the first half. Um, Jashroon Antwi, a little shout out to Shroon, uh, with like a 76 yard carry. Absolute, 73, I think it was. Yeah, uh, longest run of his career. Um, the he will be the starting running back moving forward, and also I'm picking up in, him in fantasy. Uh, they did, however, the Owls did trade for Walter Fletcher, who was the backup in Edmonton. So they let, let Jashroon let him go. I think I, I, I listen. Jashroon is not really stand back. No one is expecting him to come in. And be Willie stand back, but Jeshurun is is a good, solid CFL running back. Um, I do th- I do think this is the you got Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams is going to be Vernon Adams is going to be throwing the ball more, yeah. and that's that just uh, that can either be a chance for them to him to get better and yeah. put up big numbers, or if it goes the negative side, it could be that he's he's got to be more careful with the ball. So uh, great first game, Calgary, big walk away win. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think it covers most of the storylines in that game. What do you think, John? No, absolutely. I I would agree. And I would just like piggyback on your final point there that not having, uh, not having Willie stand back as a safety net, uh, is going to either propel Vernon Adams forward to the player we all know he can be, or it may be makes that seat a little bit hotter with Trevor Harris behind him. Um, so it's going to be really interesting these next couple games to see how that comes out um, and see exactly uh, what comes out of Vernon Adams now that he's dealt with a little dealing with a little bit of adversity with an injury to his uh, his backfield mate. Um, but that being said, we're going to move on to the what I thought was the game of the week. It was pretty exciting. Ottawa at Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg ended up winning nineteen to seventeen. You thought this was the game of the week? You might have been. Well, at no, a, I thought it was the game of the week. I thought it was the game of the week after the fact. Okay. Yes, because I just enjoyed the differences in the teams. I loved Ottawa coming out and showing that they, you know, they were improved as everybody thought they would be, but this was actually tangible evidence that they are improved. Um, but it was really like just. I definitely take this chance because I don't knew it enough to pat all of us on the back. We said Winnipeg is going to be regressed offensively, but their defense is still going to be able to do enough to keep them in the games and let them pull out victories. This game was a prime example. Um, Zach Caleros had the fewest passing yards of any week one starter. He had the second lowest yards per completion of any week one starter um, in in the Winnipeg running game only 54 yards on 12 attempts. Last year, they averaged 119.7 yards off of 22.8 attempts. Um, So this game was quite the divergence from what you saw last year um, with Andrew Harris mostly starting, but also you had Brady Oliveira starting multiple games for them last year. Um, Him going 17 yards on 10 attempts. um, For you guys at home without your calculator, don't worry. That's 1.7 yards per attempt. Uh, not good, <laughs> not good. And on the reverse side with Ottawa, um, they, now they, no, okay, I know I'm the king of the good loss, but last season they had a league low 194.6 passing yards per game. They were the only team in the CFL that averaged under 200 yards uh, per game through the air. They brought in Masoli to revive the passing game to lead to more explosive plays. And even with a few big drops, even with points left on the board, Mistoli is still leading the league uh, in passing yards after week one. He dropped 380. Um, so, so, he had, so so he had a, he had one good week, so he's leading. Yep. Hey, that it's, <laughs> listen, I don't make the timeline. He's leading the league. He had the biggest in week one. But I would say that the story of this game for me is is – how long until we start to freak out a little bit about uh, Winnipeg's off lack of offensive ability? Um, we have the immediate rematch, so they're going to get another crack at Ottawa. Maybe they just say, okay, we missed this, this, and this, and we're going to be able to clean it up. Um, but the Winnipeg defense is full of playmakers, and they're absolutely going to be able to you know, keep the, uh, keep the offense in any game, as we said. 
But this offensive performance from Winnipeg was truly, truly Brady Oliveira was bad. They were bad. They couldn't bad. run the football. They couldn't really he throw was the bad. football. Uh, and as somebody who has him on their fantasy yeah. team, I was, I was yes. thinking the question I had, I think last week was, is it the O line that made Andrew Harris good, or did Andrew Harris make the O line look good with his running? Yeah. And so far, looking like it's Andrew Harris. Favoring Andrew Harris there, so uh, they have to get the run game going because I Absolutely. don't think I don't think Caleros is nearly as good when he ha- when he doesn't have that security blanket of of the running game. I think I think if defenses can drop off into coverage, I don't I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's going he's good enough that if if they're just dropping dropping seven or eight that he's going to be you know dicing defenses up. He needs them to commit people to the the linebackers to commit to the box no and i mean it's and not just like the defensive schemes that are going to play against them which i agree with but he lost offensive weapons he lost a lot of offensive weapons he lost darvin adams lost kenny lawler lost andrew harris like that is nothing to sneeze at at all so if is forgetting i had jalen acklin the most embarrassing play misplay of the fantasy dude, that's week. not good not to mention jalen acklin went for 143 and he dropped a potential what like sixty yard touchdown, so he could have had two hundred. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe I, maybe I yeah. that a little bit. She should, so she should be ready for week one. That, she, I, I, I'm just saying. Be great in week two. Uh, looking forward to see how Winnipeg t- tweaks a few things so that they don't uh, put forth such a pitiful uh, offensive show. Uh, I mean, if you look for at Ottawa, they don't make those because Ottawa should have won this game. Too many penalties. Made, too many, you know, penalties turnover here and there they they dropped a few balls they didn't get points at the end of the first half probably should have gotten a field goal there um don't don't have the stats on this but when is the last time you think that that winnipeg hasn't won the time of possession battle in a game ah vietnam probably (laughs) genuinely we'd have to go we'd have to flip through a lot of box scores to find the last time that that winnipeg was not the time of possession winner in the game I'm being a bit uh, reactionary because honestly, you should. The thought of, you should. The thought of a Winnipeg, home game too. The thought of Winnipeg regressing excites me. If I'm being honest, it, it opens it that up. The league it is going to be up. more wide open, and yeah. it's going to be more competitive. Uh, so I would love if Winnipeg was less dominant. That sounds great to me, um, and it's definitely an added layer that we saw coming, but I don't know if I saw it coming to this level because I think that offensive performance from Winnipeg was bad, bad in week one. Yeah. Um, Tyler, give us the rundown of your boys smacking the Ticats around. This was a story about one defense who came to play and one defense who did not come to play. No, you should have said one defense that came to play and one defense that stayed away. Oh, oh, it's good rhymes. Yeah, thank little, you. Yeah, go ahead. Eight a big a, a big eight nil in the sack department for the Saskatchewan Ooh. Rough Riders. Ooh. An absolute housing. Uh, six turnovers forced. Just AC Leonard. AC Leonard got his sack towards. The, got did get a sack. You know we're gonna. I'm gonna have like an eight um, AC Leonard sack counter. That's one. I, what did I say? Seventeen. Yeah, That's you did one. say seventeen. That's one. Uh, but what what he did do when he did wasn't getting the sacks because is he occupied that those lines and everybody else was getting sacks. Yes. You've you, eight sacks. Pete Robertson had two. Just the the uh, d- defensive backs were getting sacks. Safeties were getting sacks. Linebackers were getting sacks. I mean every every positions all over the field were getting after the quarterback. An absolutely clamped down performance. Uh, and just they were they were balling out the Tiger Cats. Uh, Biggest bugaboo. I mean, talk about team. The teams that struggled to run this week just struggled Oof. to score. They Oof. had nothing. They had what I'm looking at here. They had 11 carries for something like 25 yards. Just an absolute nothing. Nothing. Just Dane Evans played pretty well. Turned the ball over a ton. He he after the game said just said it wasn't good enough. He was pretty candid. Um, he wasn't too Congrats, happy. Congrats by the way. He just had a child. Congrats to Dane Evans, uh, but but uh, I don't. He wasn't using that as an excuse or anything. But he he just uh, he apologized. I think I think he's gonna gonna take a look at the film on that one. I, I don't know this that oh I don't is this is a tough one. Is the Hamilton O line that bad or is the Sketch D line that good? That's well, gonna be interesting. Like uh, three that's down nation, be, uh, something to watch. Three down nation runs their like weekly 
um, you know, uh, undisclosed sources blog where the people from around the league just dish some dirt. And somebody said about the Hamilton O-line is like, they're not that bad. They just got outworked and they were just, you know, lazy. And I was like, well, that's not a compliment. That's certainly not a ringing endorsement. You come out week one and you just get outworked in all facets every single way. Yeah, that was not a good showing. It was like Cody G's out there. Cody looked great. Uh, 311 yards passing, 22 of 32 and a touchdown. Kept it, again, no interceptions. Kept him turnovers, no turnovers. Uh, He didn't do your favorite thing, which is not run. He didn't lead the team with 10 carries, 42 yards and a touchdown. Also took a hard shot to the head. Yeah, Simone Lawrence. Simone Lawrence uh, has uh, gotten he got a, fee, a fine. I'm not sure what the fine total is. Uh, yeah. Simone Lawrence was fined for the hit on Cody Fajardo. Um, this was also for me really exciting game because Shaq Evans, after being out the entire season basically last year, came in and had a great game. Four catches for 92 yards. Um, I think I think Cody having him back and having a guy he trusts throwing the ball deep to while having Duke Williams kind of be his possession, get past the sticks guy, is going to be huge. Uh, Jamal Morrow did not look good running the ball. Uh, I would say that that was one thing Saskatchewan, the running backs, uh, didn't really do anything. But he did look good catching the ball, three catches for 60 yards. Um, balanced offense, uh, three different players with more than four catches. Keon Schaefer-Baker looked great. He also like ran into the crowd at one point, which was hilarious. Did a little, pom- did a little pom-pom dance with the cheerleaders' pom-poms. Uh, some Randy Moss action going on, um, and I think it's good times all around in Saskatchewan. I mean, it completely the the score was much closer than it probably should have been. Uh, they, they ran away with it at the end. Uh, so I would say the only thing for for them is you know cl- close the game out sooner. I mean, uh, they scored 18 points in the fourth. This was a slot. I will say the box score is flattering because this was a slot fest. It was six to three at halftime. Um, Brett Lowther with with five field goals, I believe. Yeah, guy's a hoss, just banging in field goals. Uh, so, Brett Lowther, if I did special teams player of the week for me, just five to five, doing getting the job done. Yeah, they got to um, get in the end zone though. Like, but yeah, to, just to give just to give, just to give yeah. field goals. Uh, the rushing yards is ugly for both teams. Twenty six yeah. to seventy five is not great. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, just a dominating home performance, and uh, you know, continuing the trend that we saw this week of home teams. Home teams were four and zero this week, yeah. so. Uh, not a good time to be in a way team in week one. No, and I would just say, like, about the rushing, yeah, my man Don Jackson, five carries for one yard. That is not, not good. Um, they got to figure it out. Like, we talked, again, like, this is your and I favorite thing to ta- team up and harp on, but, like, it is without a doubt a passing league. There's no doubt, no two ways about it. But if you do not have that running game to bring pressure off the quarterback, you're going to see what you saw here where Saskatchewan was just running like chickens with their heads cut off at the quarterback every single down. Yeah, I mean, they, they got a little bit to, of, yeah. You they got a little out of the that. passing game. You gotta have, if you're not going to have the run game, you have to have a check down game with the running backs. Yeah. They did manage to get five passes out to the running backs, STE and Don, uh, for a combined 40 yards, but that's not exactly what you're looking for. Jamal Morrow's three for 60 is kind of what you're looking for if you're going to be doing playing that game. Um, so... So, yeah, uh, I, I will say that Sketch made a commitment to throwing the running backs. They threw uh, six, pa- f- six passes to four different people out of the backfield. So they were definitely definitely reading the scouting report that we give, which is to, if, you, if you can't run the ball well, you should try to, to swing people out and try to just get some, some yards that way because you got it just keeps the defense honest uh, and doesn't let them st- uh, just stack the box against you. No, that absolutely. But yeah, the story from this one is that Scatch defense, because if they continue to play like eight this, sacks, they may they may be arrested for some form of assault. To be honest, the <laughs> Simone might be if he keeps putting hits on that. True, I, I'm a, 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 a pro Simone guy. I think he gets way too much hate. He's a, and he's a, he plays hard. An, he plays hard, and I respect it. But sometimes he he, he knows he's going over the line. It's, it's, it's let's calm down with the hits on the quarterbacks, all right? We had enough quarterback injuries last year in this league. We don't need. A, we already have one this week. Let's not. Let's not see this. You know, a bunch of backups playing by week three. Sorry. No. Get off my soapbox. Hey. I hear you. Now I will talk about what should have been the happiest weekend of my life, <laughs> and how it all got turned upside down. I went up with my family, my two brothers, and my father to Vancouver, British Columbia. 
We took in the sights. We sampled Japa Dog, which is maybe the best hot dog I've ever had in my life. Um, it was delicious. Um, I enjoyed a beautiful Saturday. We went to uh, Yale Town Brewery, had a couple Pilsners, had a couple Lagers, was just feeling it. Uh, and then I went into BC Place, and it got better. I saw a One Republic concert. They played like six songs, played for 30 minutes. It was a real concert. It was awesome. Everybody's happy. And then the game started. And ladies and gentlemen, it was over before it started. The Lions dropped 42 points in the first half, went on to win by a score of 59 to 15. Let's talk about the feel-good portion of the game for the BC Lions. This was a masterclass by uh, Nathan Rourke, 26 of 29 for 283 yards, three touchdowns through the air. He added 78 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. They couldn't stop him. They simply could not stop him. Uh, no matter how they wanted. Another feel-good portion of the week. Uh, James Butler, starting running back for the BC Lions, provided lazy content creators around the world the chance to make a million the Butler did it jokes. And personally, I thank him for that. He had 141 total yards of offense. He had four touchdowns, two on the ground, two through the air. Um, He tied for the team lead in receptions, which shows that he gave, a, you know, I know Rourke played last year, but this is his first time being QB number one. Um, you know, he's the man, and they allowed him to dump off to Butler, have that safety blanket there earlier in the pod. So this is really what I found interesting after looking over the stats. Earlier in the pod, I hit on how Zach Caleros had the second lowest uh, yards per completion of any starter this, this week. He was uh, at at 10.4. Well, Rourke had the third fewest yards per completion of anybody. Mm. He was at 10.8. But they they did that on purpose as a way to get quick throws out there, get them on the rollout. 28 first downs. 28. So he's just dinking and dunking it up the field. And I'll say this. I'll say this right now. Most most it'll be the most first downs in the whole season. 28. So the way that they managed Rourke and didn't make him air it out too much, didn't put too much pressure on him, just let him get the ball out of his hands quickly, I thought was brilliant. Now, part of that had to do with the feel-bad story of the game, which was that Edmonton did not much of anything on offense and even less on defense. Um, I've got nothing interesting to say about the Elks' performance. It was a I do. They did not... You know, what? Let me... Let me. They didn't pressure the quarterback. Um, I thought they made some odd personnel choices. When the game, now obviously they got blown out in the first half, but they pulled Nick Arbuckle towards the end of the first half. Uh, First round pick Trey Ford came in and did nothing. I felt like Arbuckle at least could have maybe gotten a first down and drained some clock. Uh, That was weird. Um, But Tyler, I'll let you rip on the Elks because I can't I can't bring myself to do it after witnessing in person what was at best um, a, a glorified I don't know it's just a beat down I think it's hilarious that they actually outscored the BC Lions in one of the quarters which is hey. <laughs> third quarter they won the they won the third hey, quarter I was feeling hanging. good man after that 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 was a good third quarter trust me went and got a uh, cold one and was chilling <laughs> uh, I think you're, you've underscored how bad they played. Now, it tells me that they mentally weren't in the game is oh, most penalties no. for the most yards. 12 for 130. You, you, you can't be... You can't, you can't play that bad and then pile on 12 penalties for 100. You just just shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, it, it, they did themselves no favors. Kenny Lawler must be thinking, like, what did yeah, I sign myself? Yeah, she had a good game. No, but they like, yeah, but he's thinking, what did I sign myself up for? You know, just look, it's at, just... look at the defensive stats for this game. Elks had no sacks, no forced fumbles, no interceptions. They, the, the defense wasn't. It was as if they weren't there. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and then you know, I thought uh, some. You know, we just talked about Hamilton having just no pressure, or just like not doing anything on defensive interest. It's almost like I'm looking at the same box score essentially. Yeah, like they just 
created nothing. No sack. Again, no no passes. No passes defended at all. Which is AC Leonard had more passes defended as a line as a D lineman in his game than the entire Elks team. I think I knew the Elks were going to be bad and potentially the worst team in the league. I think it's very clear that it's they're winning the race to the bottom. I did because, not expect. Yeah, I because did not we expect we we, be this bad. we I don't even know if do we. Do we know if the BC Lions even have a bad O-line yet? I think that was one of the big question marks, right? Is that mean, they look pretty good, but you know, that's the one yeah. thing I is will say. Is it the Elks? Like, is it Elks or like the pump, Lions? Pump it's another one where... Very unfortunate that BC doesn't have a game this week because I would have loved to see how they built off, built off this game. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, who knows? If, right, if Saskatchewan comes out this week and hangs 60 on the Elks, then you have to start going, okay, maybe the Elks are just historically bad. Um, and we'll have to wait until BC plays a real opponent. But, it could get ugly. It could get real, real oh, ugly get against Sketch. If Arbuckle's throwing three picks against the Lions, yeah. and the amount of pressure he's going to face in the Edmonton game, yeah. it could get it could get nasty. Um, but I want to I so. want to hit on a few stats. Which Tyler, I'm going to bet you can guess what this is about. But it's about <laughs> running the ball to take pressure off the quarterback. Um, <laughs> yeah. Last season, BC averaged. 15.1 attempts per game, fewest in the league, and they had 74.4 rushing yards per game, fewest in the league. James Butler himself this week tallied 17 carries for 108 yards. The team tallied 187 rushing yards on 25 attempts. And they killed That him. is what I'm talking about. Now, I know a lot of those rushes were Rourke himself, uh, but, you know, he had seven, seven carries for 78 yards. Uh, but... Keeping a having a vibrant um, and explosive run game uh, as a means of taking pressure off. Uh, oh, yeah. if, if they can continue that, that is going to put BC in a pretty good position, I think. Did they, did they like chess us? And we thought they and we thought it was checkers. I feel like this. I feel like they got all these receivers, and so defenses are like shit. We gotta like respect. We gotta respect these receivers. Rhymes, so Katoy. Yeah. 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 They're just like we need to. You cannot play bump coverage. Someone's getting burned, and we're not going to do that. So they're sort of like linebackers are playing out like expecting yeah. stuff over the middle to whitehead uh and so butler's just back there like and he's just got room to run and catch and i'm thinking you know he might be the biggest beneficiary of everything of everybody paying attention to the other players um and you know if the receivers can play to the level they played this game yeah. he's going to have opportunities to put up monster numbers if if this o-line is it play can play as I don't know, 75% as good as they played in this game over the course of the season, the BC Lions are going to be a problem, a matchup problem for a lot of teams. Uh, and to, and so, to be fair, the receivers that they have still came to play. I mean, they Lucky came Whitehead, he was attacked. Lucky Whitehead, not that Rourke threw many incompletions anyway, but Lucky Whitehead was targeted six times, had six receptions for 110 yards, averaged 18.3 yards per reception. Um, Every yeah. receiver who caught the ball caught at least three. Yeah, it's kind of absurd. It's nobody kind of had ridiculous. there was nobody had one catch, nobody had two. Everybody had a minimum of three. Um, Keon Hatcher got himself a contract <laughs> extension after having yeah. grabbing four receptions uh, and a touchdown. So yeah, brilliant Let's, performance by the silver Lions. lining. Silver lining for the Elks: Kenny Lawler, Daryl Walker, and James Wilder Jr. all played fairly yes. well. But, Albeit but, the game the game was already lost when they got some of these yards, so you have to take that with a grain of salt. Here's the thing, though, with like, yes, they did, but they also like, uh, this doesn't apply too much to Lawler and Walker, more to my man James Wilder Jr. Okay, so he was the only running back who suited up this past week. Mm. They then trade his backup and Walter Fletcher send him to Montreal. Now And also, James Wilder Jr. plays special teams as well. So you've got one running back who plays special teams for you, and you're just like, is the plan just to run him into the ground and just like get every last ounce of effort he has on a losing team? I feel that, I mean, like that's not... It's not a winning strategy, I'll be honest. Uh, to treat my man, James Wilder Jr. That's is, this co- is, this coaching, is this coaching staff at Edmonton enduring themselves to you already? No, they just they seem so toxic. The leaving, when it was, when they had their starters in at the end of the game and you're down 59-15, I thought that was not cool. Like, I'm not trying to see James Wilder Jr. get carries with 40 seconds left. Let's, let's no. run the clock out, guys. Take, take, it, take a knee, take, take a dive, like, whatever. Like, I don't think there's anything to be gained. There's no toughness to be earned 
at in a you I thought that was like oh we're just gonna run it till the end no you you forfeited the opportunity to play hard to the final whistle when you gave up 42 points in the first half and only scored six now it's uh, time question. to think about the season as a whole let's be a little bit smarter question for you what, yes. just a hypothetical or uh, just an opinion being at how bad the Elks were last season yes how long is the leash for this coaching staff do you uh, think this season well it's a new like, coaching staff so I mean, that's what I'm I saying that's what I'm saying though are they are I they gonna say are they gonna they're for the sure whole, they're, they're gonna give them the whole year oh yeah oh yeah okay. absolutely I'm just saying, if, if Edmonton go, starts 0 for 6 or 0 for 7, there are going to be some calls for heads already. I, I would probably agree with that. Um, um, so yeah, we're going to watch out. I would say, I'd say I think every season we have a team that, that nobody's going to pred for a while until they do something. The team is Edmonton to start yes. the year. You just Nobody can't you can't trade pred. for is Trevor Harris. Ooh, I love it. I'm just Get him back, I please. Love him. Get him anyway, back. let's move on. Week one mm. in the rear view. Week two uh, is what we're talking about now. Let's get some Preds going. Let's get some Preds going. Sorry, I almost had, and I almost crapped my pants because I thought I hadn't pre- pressed record on this episode. Uh, I have <laughs> pressed record. I saw the little record go. dot on the ta- on the. Uh, it's just for everybody at home. Yeah, uh, on the on on the uh, Google Chrome thing on the little tab. For a quick second, I misread something, uh, and no, I, I nearly cried. But we're good, so we're talking Preds. The content has been captured. We're starting tomorrow. Toronto gets their first game of the season underway in Toronto. They're hosting the Alouettes, coming off a nail-biting loss to the Stampeders. Tyler, you or I should say, Matt has the Alouettes, I believe. I have the Alouettes. Peter has yet to speak on who he'll be choosing. Tyler, I know you have a dissenting viewpoint. Is that correct? I have, I have Toronto. Um, it's a home. Uh, first of all, home teams are four zero. Let's start there. It's home, home, home starter like that. Uh, Montreal doesn't have Willie Stanback. That bodes well for Toronto. Um, Toronto had basically kind of put assembled all their team last year, and so they had a season to play together. They made the playoffs, played very well uh, for a team that would just put together last season. I think there's some continuity there, so I like the continuity on Toronto. They had a good defense last year. Um, I think that their Montreal's defense did, did not look great at any point of their game last week. I mean. They, the offense was scoring, so I think Toronto can definitely put up some points against this Montreal defense. I believe Montreal also lost a safety to injury, one of their starting safeties. Um, again, that maybe opens things up for somebody like Gittins to to maybe. I hope so because I'm starting him in fantasy. So uh, maybe maybe some chances for Curly Gittins to get off a season right without with a you know a backup yeah. safety in there. So uh, I think everything to this points to Toronto. I will say that I know this isn't a I betting podcast. Everything. This hold isn't on, a betting. This isn't a betting podcast. But Toronto is the favorite by three points in this game, and I totally see that. I, I, That's I really the do three think. points is the gist. You're three points. You're home. So really, it's a pick'em. Okay. Well, I'm picking Toronto at home with all of the things I just said. I really don't. I, I'd love to hear why you think Montreal. And it, it, I guess you just think Vernon Adams is going to go off or have a, a decent no, game. No, no, or... no, no. I think a lot of what you said is correct. I think first of all, though, Argos are missing a few key players. Juwan Breskinson's on the six-game injured list. Um, Eric Rogers is on the six-game injured list. I think their defense uh, is going to be pretty dang good. I'm very excited to see that Toronto D play together. Um, and then the new pieces within their offense, Brandon Banks. I'm excited to see these guys play together, but I am leaning on, and I believe that the Alouettes having a week of game time behind them, had a chance to work out those kinks in a real regular season game, is going to allow them to get off to a little bit of a smoother start. Um, Is going to get fired a little bit earlier, and I think that's going to be the difference. I think this has the potential to be an outstanding game. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but for those reasons, just I just think having that one-week uh, lead time is going to help the Alouettes in this one. It's not the game of the week, but I was close to making it the game of the week. It's a very do, exciting game. The game of I the week, think, of course, Tyler, is uh, Winnipeg at Ottawa. No, it's not. Come on. What is the game of the week? It's Calgary at Hamilton. Oh, you're, you're high. My what game of the week. 
You picked, didn't you pick, one of us picked Calgary to go to the Great Cup, and, ha- and we all picked Hamilton to go to the Great Cup. How is that not Dude, the, okay. Because Winnipeg at Ottawa is the you game. You just love Ottawa. Ottawa. You're, just, you're just, just obsessed because with Because we saw, the man crush is Dude, so for deep. all the reasons I described talking about Ottawa rising, Winnipeg falling. Well, now yeah. we get to see that play out again, but this time Ottawa has home field advantage. So the questions are just so, so obvious. Who learns more from week one and can implement those changes quicker? Does, you know, does Winnipeg start to run the ball again? Does that open the deep passing game? Does Ottawa connect on a few of the, you know, missed passes they made last game and they blow Winnipeg out? All these things are swirling in my mind. Um, I cannot wait. I am picking the Ottawa Red Black, as is Matt. (laughs) I know you again have a different opinion on the matter so tell me how you feel i feel like i'm talking about this the defending great cup champions who just beat this team granted i guess i I get a game was close they just beat this team when's the last time winnipeg lost a game (laughs) Uh, like in last like week 14 i thought i think last year they lost a game they may have been resting a few players but you know it is what it Uh is I am all over Winnipeg in this. You're cra- you're crazy for hopping so on Winnipeg. So what do you see happening? Do you? I just simply I just simply see a more yes. Not an aberration. I don't think that. I do think. I do think. I stand by what we said that the the offense has regressed. The defense is still good, but I do think. I do think they straighten the ship a little bit and and play yeah. a little bit better on offense. I I, I have to believe. That and also Winnipeg coaching staff. Like I have to believe that that, that, that coaching staff that's won two great cups is got you know is going to address whatever they need. What's going to go back and look at the film and see if you know what they can do to get the offense playing a little bit better. I think it's absolutely crazy that at minimum fifty percent of the people on this podcast are picking Ottawa. They just lost to Winnipeg in a yes. team that was not very good last year to beat the it's defending crazy. cup champions. I will say this again: not a betting podcast. Winnipeg was a nine and a half point favorite over Ottawa in week one. Yep. They're now just a two and a half point. I again, I don't bet. I don't. There's no betting in the state that I'm in. I know I'm not going to place a bet. But I almost think you should be. If you do bet, you have to run to somewhere and place a bet because two and a half points for Winnipeg is insane. Insane. They well, just won. They won the covered last week. They just won the Grey Cup. And they just no, beat I think team. what you're saying is incredibly sound. And it makes, I think that's what's so intriguing about this game. That is, I see there is a distinct possibility that Winnipeg shrugs off those week one blues and comes in here and shows people who's boss. Okay. And we have to talk next week about, okay, now. This is a great, this is a great pod for the two people who predated what they predated because I think we're disagreeing on three out of four games, which is hilarious. So. It's very exciting. It's very, <laughs> it's exciting. very exciting. But, uh, yeah, Ottawa's going to take this one. It's going to be great. Um, let's move on to the first of the Saturday doubleheader Calgary at Hamilton. So Hamilton gets their first home game of the season. Um, and Calgary heads on the road for the first time. Tyler, who do you have in this one? I have to believe that the Hamilton Tiger Cats are better than what they showed in week in week one. I I have to believe that, that Dana, I see a text here from you. That I changed my pred. Yes, you changed your pred. I, I, I changed it almost immediately. To be fair, I, I, what was the timestamps on those? Twelve forty-four on Tuesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's the little Lee Corso. You tell him something in the back, and then you change it when you get out on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wh- wh- when did I text you the new pred? You've never texted me the new pred. I never I, saw I, the Hamilton. So this is fresh in my mind. So oh, you're, going you're at it. I t- I texted this. I'll so I'll, scroll, I'll scroll while you're talking. All uh, right, no, tell me tell me what you why you think that. Uh, okay, a couple things. One, I the reason why I changed my pred, uh, and I changed it. Okay, so I texted you at three forty four p.m. East Coast, twelve forty four, and I changed my pred within thirteen minutes. I said, "Big week for the Thai Cats. I'm going to change them a pick," and I picked oh. it. So it took no, 15, you said it took, you may end up. Okay, you did. I totally missed that. That's on me. Yeah. Sorry. In 15 minutes, I changed my pick, and the reason I changed my pick is that I was curious how, how what Hamilton. I looked, went back, and looked last year at Hamilton's home games. Hamilton yeah. lost three home games last year, two regular season games. One was by one point. The other one was in overtime, and then the playoff game was uh, the Grey Cup in overtime at home. So, yeah. I thought to myself. I, 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 they haven't regressed. They were in the Grey Cup last year. Again, I have to. It's too early. Um, yep. 
Calgary, it's, they st- I'm a little concerned with Bo, and Bo is one Simone Lawrence hit away from... But this I just don't true. know. It, it, I don't know what percentage Bo is at. So he's in a boot. But he's wouldn't that pre- work out in their favor? Because you've always said yeah, I, it's better true. It's true. I, I actually, I actually do think. That, but okay, so Bo's start, Bo. It seems like Bo's going to start. Yeah. So I have to think that Bo is going to be what twenty percent down, twenty five percent. We don't know until he gets yeah. to playing. So I'm. I, I see a wounded duck out there that's going to be starting the game against a Hamilton defense that definitely got yelled at by their coaching staff this week because of how bad. They prevent. But let's remember too, Hamilton did hold Saskatchewan to only I think nine points before the fourth quarter, yep. and and a lot of uh, Saskatchewan's scoring happened on short fields because of turnovers. Yep. So I do think that Hamilton actually still has a good defense. I think that is a, again, I think that box score from the Saskatchewan game is a little bit of a misnomer. They played very good defense in the first half. They, again, not getting turnovers, but keeping yep. the ball in front of them, not allowing chunk plays, uh, yep. you know, limiting, you know, bend don't break kind of defense. Uh, like I said, law, they, you know, Saskatchewan had five field goals before they, they put up yeah. any, 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 uh, any, any scores, uh, besides so, that. So I, I got, I got to trust Hamilton here to get it done at home. Uh, I feel you. I, yeah. I, I think what's concerning for me is we talked about how the Rough Riders defense ran rough over the Hamilton Ticats offense, mm-hmm. uh, offensive line. And I think that the Stamps defense played quite well three sacks five pass knockdowns one forced fumble two interceptions in their week one matchup against montreal but a much different quarterback though no i but dude i feel no but in vernon adams is certainly more mobile than dane evans Hmm. he takes more sacks i mean it's too like no but it it is no i get they're playing different teams but i think that that is my biggest concern and that's my biggest swaying factor is i liked Especially, as you noted in your review, especially in that second half, the Stamps' defense was solid. It was. Gave up only three points. If they play like that and the Hamilton offensive line plays like they did, I think Hamilton's in for a long night. Could be. Um, so that's that's what sways it for me. That's why that pick goes that way. Um, Matt agrees with me. Uh, and then Peter will find out after he probably... I, I, to, to me, this is game of the week. In terms of two teams that have uh, I feel a chance, that I can totally get that. Chances to, to really make some noise this season in their divisions like this. And yeah. just also, you know, Winnipeg game is big, but I don't think Ottawa is going to position to challenge for a, a, a Grey Cup spot this year. So to me, Calgary and Hamilton are two teams. I think we're looking at Winnipeg and Skatch to start yeah. the year as the kind of favorites out West, but Calgary's right there and Hamilton is right in the thick of the best teams in the East. So to me, uh, this is a potential great cup game. I know we talked about that with the Skatch Hamilton game last week. To me, this is also a potential great cup game. Yeah. So. And with all Eastern teams losing last week, uh, obviously the East is as wide open and up for grabs. Nobody has a leg up on anyone. So uh, it's a, it's certainly a big game. Toronto's undefeated, but yeah, but they haven't won. <laughs> it's true. Um, and then we're going to go to the final game of the week. Um, Edmonton has their home opener, which I think everyone is excited for. But they're playing Maybe less excited Friday, than they were so, last week. Uh, this is a clean sweep for the pod unless Peter so- pulls something out of his hat. Um, I think you'd be a his fool. Che- out, of his, out of his cheeks, you mean. Out of his cheeks. You'd be a fool <laughs> not to pick the Rough Riders. Um, I just hope that Edmonton shows up just you know fog up the mirror just give me a pulse show that you're alive in some way in this game make it get a turnover score on a big play just give me something i don't think they're going to win uh, but i want to see improvement that's all i'm hoping for as an elks fan uh but i think it could definitely get ugly very ugly. it is so it's concerning. It, is, it is wild to me so flashing back to the beginning of last season or you basically knew after the first game when they when they lost to Ottawa that there was going to be some problems in in Edmonton yeah. in that season. But you said on the pod, you know, I'm always going to pred Edmonton. It took it took this week. It took you I don't know how many. No, weeks I last stopped year. predding them at the end of last year. Yeah, you did, and it's it, but this season it took you one game. It well, I did, game wasn't going year. into this season planning on predding them every week. I'd, I'd ended that streak, and it wasn't something I needed to get back into again. 
Yeah, uh, it just yeah, it's not good for your health. Uh, it's it's Edmonton, I think is listen, it, just here's look, the thing. Listen, Edmonton plays Sketch, then they play Calgary. Not it's good. just gonna be it's just gonna be a tough. I think it's gonna be a tough start to the season for them. No, see, here's the thing with my picking the Elks. If I'm looking at a game, you're a fan. Say, it's okay, fine. Man. It's fine. No, no, no. But I want to give if I if I'm looking at a game and I say okay, percentage wise, the Elks have a a forty percent chance of winning this game. I'm probably still picking them there. I'm going to go out on a line. But when I look at a game like this, I don't don't see a path to victory for the Elks unless an entirely different team than the one that showed up in BC shows up in Edmonton. I don't see a path forward uh, right now because there was no big plays. There was no defense. Their offensive line was not good. I, I think AC Leonard may record all 17 of his sacks this week <laughs> if they play like that. Yeah, uh, so, I will say that. I will say this too. Uh, if if Nathan Rourke, uh, uh, you know, is causing you problems running, Cody Fajardo is a very willing runner, and he yeah. causes a lot of teams' problems running. So they're going to have to spy him, or else they're going to get absolutely diced on his running running game. I agree. I agree. I so that's all we got. Luck, I, I think I, I'd like to see. I don't want to see Edmonton get annihilated. I have no interest in there being no. a, a, you know, a whipping, Just, a like whipping said, boy in this league. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I want compet, I want competitive games. I mean, I, I want show Skash me a to little win. bit more. Show me a little but, bit more. Uh, yeah, show us something. You know, we, we don't want we again. We don't want a lame duck team that just sort of like is it auto you know, auto no, pick. It's the league of parity, man. Yeah, we want leagues of parity. Even I, even I, you know, when my when Skash is in the game, I, I do want to see competition. I want Sketch to win the competition, but I would like to see them, you know, feel worthy of like feel worthy beating Hamilton. It feels nice. You know? Also, I should take this moment before we get into league leaders to give Tyler a shout out. You did achieve a week one golden week. Is it the first ever four... week one golden week? No, I don't know. Be. Our statisticians are going to have to. I'll, I'll I'll talk to the guys in the back about checking that out. Week one golden weeks maybe the hardest because you just don't know don't what you know. don't know. Uh, so uh, I I will say I was very surprised and I really you know I thought I was going to be out Did of the crack golden. open a couple cold ones to celebrate. I, I, I well the thing is when uh, Montreal was up uh, twenty four to fourteen and a half I thought well there it goes uh, already yes. going to be behind the eight ball with the Preds so. Uh, Thank you, Calgary, for turning that around. Thank you for Winnipeg for not just absolutely choking it, choking it on week one. So uh, I, I got the close games. Uh, it felt good, uh, but everyone had a pretty good week. Nobody was below five hundred. Um, yeah, the boy, the boys are good at predicting. What, what can I tell you? League leaders after week one, we got mentioned before. Jeremiah Masoli at three hundred and eighty passing yards. Rushing yards, James Butler at 108. Receiving yards, Jalen Acklin at 143. God, wouldn't it be a shame if you had both Butler and Acklin on your fantasy team and you didn't start them? That would be me. That would be that would be not good. James Butler is basically, he's also tied for the lead in rushing touchdowns. He's alone with the lead in receiving touchdowns. Dude just had a, a, a dang good week one. To say it's gonna. I, I missed the. I, you know, we do a cumulative total over the season, and I absolutely missed his best game. So. No, I, he had. I think he had forty four point one fantasy points or something like that. He would have. He it just just him being in my lineup instead of Brady Oliveira would have put me in like the like a one one fifteen one twenty category range. And but the, okay. the league leader in sacks, um, he gave the Edmonton O line a bunch of fits. I may pronounce his name incorrectly here, but it is Sioni Teuhima for the BC Lions. He had three sacks, three sacks in one game. Oh, I'm going to um, give it a shot too. I think it's, I think it's, it could be Sion or Sioni. That's a tough. I think I'm going to go with Sioni. I think you're right on Sioni. And it's so Tua, I should know t- his name was t- getting t- shouted t- out over the Teuhima. BC place uh, PA system repeatedly, but I by that point I'd blocked everything out and was just kind of in my own little cocoon. How was the noise at the game? I was curious about that. Was it like rock? Was it pretty rocking? You know, okay. So it was interesting. Like a big, there was just what I'm familiar with from like going to you know American NFL college Ooh. games is the the build of noise before a play or sustained noise you know it's a third down everybody get loud or Mm. so there was it was loud when they scored loud when a big play would happen um but not that sustained noise so it was a little bit different between plays it would kind of settle back down 
and then it would peak back up. It was almost more of like a basketball game in that sense. Yeah, or like a hockey game. Yeah. Well, I don't, let's be honest, I don't go to many hockey games, but it was. Well, fun. but they, but, but people that great, people people that live in Canada go to hockey games. It was a great atmosphere. Um, I, I mean, thirty-five thousand people. That was awesome. <laughs> Love it. It was a great time. Um, you guys gonna go back? You guys gonna go back for maybe another one this later this season? I don't know if we'll go this season, but we'll definitely go again next year. Awesome. Oh, also shout out. I know you're listening. No, I met uh, Elks president Victor Kui. Uh, great guy nice guy introduced myself shouts to him uh it was a pleasure meeting him i think he will do excellent things for the elks in the long run uh, they just might have to get through a little bit of a rough patch since we're name dropping uh friend of the pod jeff dr jeff stayed with me this weekend yes. he's from two he's from tucson uh-huh. and he told me that when he goes to tucson he often sees or hangs out with and, and is in contact with people who are friends with Kadeem Carey, oh, University of Arizona running back. And I asked him if he could get Kadeem Carey's phone number. He said yes. And I said, so I can't promise anything, but perhaps the big maybe some big episode in the pod this year. If we could get Kadeem Carey on here, that would be a humongous right. get. We'll be working um, on getting an interview set up, our first ever. Um, in the meantime, one. We got to go big. If we're gonna do an interview, let's go. Let's I let's agree. go big. Like, one uh, last thing before we sign off, a little bit of fantasy review. Um, mm-hmm. Tyler leading after week one at seventy nine point two points. Matt in second. Peter in third. Basement. John Boyle. Are you double basement, basement to start the? I'm start double basement the, to start the week. Start the year. Uh, I dropped 49.3 points, and I think half of those were Kadeem Carey, so not a lot of production from the rest of my boys. Looking for a bit of a turnaround uh, here in week two. That being said, DM us at Shups and Preds on Twitter or tweet us questions. We'd love to answer them. Email us, shupsandpreds at gmail.com. Go on Spotify or wherever you're listening to us. Leave a review. Only a nice one. Shout out pod, not a call out pod. We've established this. Um, thank you for listening uh, to Tyler and myself this week. Um, we had a blast. We look forward to speaking to you next week uh, where we'll do it all again. Review week two, Fred week three. Until then, have a good rest of your night and enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks for listening to the Tyler and John Show.